Ladies and gentlemen, you're joining us for episode 146 of G.I. Joburg, hosted by Paul. And joined by Steve. And... Not to be undersold, we're in three time zones again. I'll let Stephen introduce the third. Cujo on the West Coast, you're about to hear G.I. Joe, State of the Union, baby. How are you Coming doing, Stephen? Coming to you from the Free Americas, the questionably free China, and, well, South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Um, because there was this little happening it's like a week ago, it's like kind of a big thing for G.I. Joe fans. It's like, uh, everybody's like, I'm going to this thing. And I figure we should speak about it, right? And and I'm sure you guessed it already. Joe Fest. Ladies and gentlemen, the first Joe Fest has happened. I believe it's the first Joe Fest. And Second. one of us actually managed to get there and have fun. Mm-hmm. That'll definitely be the probably the bulk of what we chat about. Uh, there's a couple stops along the way. Um, Let's just for a quick, like, a uh, quick fire topic. Um, I know that IDW is about to drop a new G.I. Joe comic by Paul Aller. He's been, he's been doing cool stuff on uh, G.I. Joe Twitter. So I did notice that there's a conspicuously placed moped on the first issue. Uh, I suppose we can dub it the Joe Ped. Does that, does that sound right, Stephen? Bang on, brother. Bang on. <laughs> Not to be confused with the little motorbike that comes with the, the with the whale. Now you know that's one of my favorite words to say, mini bike. Now this is a this is a proper moped, so I think that they're going for kind of like a, I don't know a Hunger Games GI Joe. I don't know what's going on, but anyway, um, what what do you what do you got for your Joeped loadout? What, uh, is there any weapon that you want on there? It can't be strong. It's a moped. Uh, let's start with Steven. What do you got? I think it's got to be, uh, well, I don't know if this counts as a weapon. It's got to be like a back plug. <laughs> so the whole thing can fold in half and be stored on a figure's back. <laughs> Just like the motorized vehicle action packs. Ha, ha, ha. And uh, some annoyingly minute stickers that uh, tend to go over their allotted regions. So you have to kind of cut them slightly, doctor them. In order to fit. Uh, yeah, that is the true, authentic, motorized vehicle pack experience. Um, Joe Pad. Does that mean I'm next? Um, sure, sure. The, the first thing I want on my moped is totally awesome early 90s uh, like neon stickers that say things like radical, awesome, uh, extreme, and uh, like... Just like wazoo and like whatever, you know, but like with that, that like explosion. It's just, it has to be neon pink and green, just seriously day glow and, and sort of offensive to the eye. And then like, I think if it just has like a little, you know, like at the back there, if it could just have a little bag that can hold like a few petrol bombs or Molotov cocktails, if you prefer, I'd be happy with that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So that's kind of where, where my mind is at. I like uh, it. Um, I think what I came up with is a bag of cat's eyes. If you're trying to zip away, you got to dump those out. It's alley vipers be slipping, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, that's uh, keep your eyes open for that if you're looking for a new flavor of Joe, obviously. Um, 
Yeah, before we get to Joe Fest, let me catch you up on some personal. Uh, that would be my Indiegogo, the black book. Um, it is probably going to go to print sometime this week. Uh, me and Paul will chat about that. But uh, mm -hmm. I wanted to thank everybody, uh, 13 original investors, as it were, with a 14th slipping in at the wire. Let's call him Codename Shooter. Um, it's uh, it's. I think it'll. I think it'll hit pretty hard, but. Time will tell. Uh, Paul, you've seen the pages. Is it like anything you've seen so far? So, um, <clears throat> like, when I say all these things, Cooch, like, just so you know, they're cool things, okay? So don't, like, be offended. Um, the book no is very, very different. Like, I've read a lot of comic books and a lot of graphic novels, and I've seen a lot of, like, really fun, weird, artsy stuff from guys like Dave McKean to people whose names I can't even remember who just basically, I think, did the comics with, like, potato painting. Um, this comic falls sort of, like, in between, like, a mainstream comic that stuck its fingers in the plug. So it's kind of, it's electrified. It's got a very, very fast pace. It's very kinetic. And I think it is very much a one of a kind. I think it's, it's, it's like its own breed of thing. It's, 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 it's difficult to say it's a comic because the medium is a comic book. I mean, you're reading it as a comic book, but it's, um, Kujo has definitely broken a lot of the rules when it comes to doing it. And he hasn't done that on purpose. So it's not like he's trying to be ironic or anything. And I've broken a lot of the rules with coloring in there. So yeah, I feel sorry for our printers. Um, but, you enough, know. enough said. And th mm. thank you for those words, dude. Uh, no, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna chase the, the comic game. Um, I love talking to comic creators. Uh, I love promoting people's indie work. So, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, this is just maybe a one shot for at least a bit. Uh, that'll go out next week and, uh, it'll hit on digital too. I don't think there'll be a paywall on this content. Um, you'll understand that as it hits. Uh, Let's see. Leading up to Joe Fest, the Indiegogo, me and Paul pressed hard. No BS. Like for two days, we were married, essentially. I think we hung out for like five hours a day uh, just looking at pages. Oh, boy. But uh, <laughs> uh, that's why he had to decompress. So going into Joe Fest, I did not get the black book done. So my tail was between my legs a little bit. I'm going to save you there, Cooch. Technically, the book was done. but True. The thing is, like, when you're going to release one book like this, you want to make sure that certain things, that certain boxes are ticked off and that it's right, you know. And the thing is, like, we didn't have a chance to sort of sit down and let the book sort of um, mature in our hands, so to speak, so that we could, like, find the mistakes, you know, with fresh eyes. And now that it has, we've seen some of the little glitches and whatever that we could fix up. So... It's been more of a case of a, like a quality control thing. We didn't want to release something. We want to release something that's crazy, not crazy bad or crazy messy. Yeah. So, yeah. No, no, so well that's, put. Right. So like, and, and enough said, enough said. The black book, uh, you'll hear about it. You'll see it. Um, so uh, just, just kind of uh, crowdfunding update. Since a lot of creatives are on that edge, I'll just throw you guys a couple of lifelines. Joe community does turn up. Um, the guy that's doing uh, Thunder Punch, his Indiegogo is is killing it. Uh, congrats there. Uh, Bobby Valla, who I'll get to in this conversation a little bit, 
that's going well. That only lasts for, I think, a couple more weeks, so definitely check that out. Mm, there's great news uh, coming out of that Kickstarter, which uh, I'll get into after you get into Hold on, we got to <laughs> wait. We can't get there. we got to go chronological on this one. Um, but anyway, so we land the plane, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Me and my lady are completely, like, haven't slept. We've been doing our jobs. Uh, so we hop in a car. And we take a straight shot to the Atlantic Ocean via Savannah, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And if anything could have revived me, that did it. Uh, it was like 95 degrees outside. The sand was, you know, as hot as it is. Stepped into the ocean. It felt like we got baptized. So we kind of, right there, we got second life. Having said that, I did take a couple sweaty naps along the road, <laughs> the way to do Augusta, because... Dude, I was washed, and the thing hadn't even started yet. So we got to Augusta, beautiful territory, uh, beautiful city. I'll talk about that in a bit. Um, Got to the hotel, and the lobby was buzzing. Like, if you could take a snapshot of that evening and make it the whole con, I think we got something. Um, But I did run into a bunch of folks there. I think I'm going to take a little bit of breather just to kind of – catch up with my notes. I did want to ask Stephen before we get too deep, I don't want to break our momentum or anything, but how is the People's Republic of China treating you right now? <laughs> well, to anyone who uh, has been here, you'd know that it is perhaps the most alien place in the world to a Westerner. That said, there are obvious uh, crossover franchises. I mean, they've got a Starbucks, a Pizza Hut, a KFC... McDonald's, Burger King, the menu items might be a little bit different, but uh, the taste is all the same. What amuses me at the moment, flicking through TV channels here, is as many as there are channels showing Chinese soap opera, there are channels showing Chinese war drama. Oh boy, there are so many shows, current shows, devoted to the the Chinese resistance to the Japanese invasion during the Second World War. Like, it is still a very celebrated struggle in Chinese culture. And call it what you will, propaganda maybe, but and, and national pride or whatever, it's something that, that like I always try and draw the parallels to G.I. Joe. I mean, it's like they're producing these things en masse. They don't attract necessarily more than a soap opera's budget but you know there's a bit of gunplay and some intrigue um it's shot very simply at times you know sound stages and the like not necessarily going on location though it would be nice to see a gi joe tv show going on to location um it just makes me think like why 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 can't we have our greatest wishes fulfilled kind of episodic you know almost soap opera-esque Ongoing G.I. Joe plot lines. <laughs> Crystal Ball by way of Dark Shadows. Um, I mean, there was this really cool one that I was watching just now about a bunch of, like, female commandos. And that's another thing that's quite marked about these, these war dramas. They always have almost one-to-one equal representation, men and women. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there were female fighters in the, you know, the People's Republic of China uh, armed forces back in the day and today, but m- maybe not as many as these shows make it out to be. Oh, and kung fu films are everywhere. 
it kind of reminded me. I was watching one just now where it seemed like every time they introduced a new character, they killed off the previous protagonist. <laughs> so like, enter new challenger, and he would basically wipe out the previous guy, and then like the next guy would come in and wipe out that guy. It was kind of like a king of the hill contest almost. Uh, it reminded me of some of the games I used to play with my Joes. In fact, you just always kind of bring in the next guy, and the next guy would totally pwn everyone else. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was exactly like that. So um, I'm I'm having a blast. Work is good. Uh, everything is right where I left it, which is you know tens of thousands of kilometers away from where we previously were. But uh, yeah, the show's tight. Oh, that's cool. Hey, speaking of kung fu films, was that movie perhaps not known as the Five Venoms, Five Deadly Venoms? <laughs> Honestly, I didn't stick around long enough to catch the title, and it would have been oh. in Mandarin anyway. <laughs> so. Oh, okay, cool. Speaking of kung fu films, I did talk to Keone Young, and I'll get there in a second. So Joe Fest, uh, the first night, I'm gonna do my best to kind of mention everybody that I can remember. Uh, it's it's been a week out. I did. Did do some notes, but first night the the I crossed paths with Top Shelf Rick, his wife Erica, um, grabbed some beverages at the bar. Uh, my lady uh, Stephanie and Erica were appear to be fast friends, talking Harry Potter and whatnot. Kind of disappeared. Me and Rick caught up with uh, HCC, who was rolling with some kind of wild card, and uh, I did catch up with uh, very briefly with Bart. Um, and his wife, whom I do not remember her name offhand. I apologize. Cindy is his wife's name. Nice. And she was rocking a Joe Berg shirt. That wasn't lost on me. Thank uh, you. Yes. Where's my Bart, favorite G.I. Joe? <laughs> Bart is a stoic individual. I think he was in the military. They called him psycho. No BS. Like, he's got energy that very few people do. He's, he's a watcher. He's kind of like me, except hard-boiled. I would love to have a real chat with you someday, Bart. I'm sorry, brother. Once once I tell you about our trip, you'll get why my uh, I was all over the place. But uh, it was good to catch him. I did catch up with Plastic Battles right away, who's good vibes for days. He he brought he brought good energy like both days. Thank you, sir. Um, let's see, Caesar Moo. Are you guys familiar with that cat? Oh, Caesar Moo. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he's quite big on our Instagram. And so is his kid. Did you meet him in person? Yes. Okay, those eyes are stone-cold blue, aren't they? That guy can look through, like, steel walls. Um, no, he's, he's an intense individual. I did meet him at JoeCon, and I can't say I could see the wood for the trees huh. back then, so I didn't grab the detail on his eyes. But subsequent to that, we've done some live streams, and yes, uh, the man is, is a very photogenic gentleman. Well, I wouldn't go... I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, like, I can usually see when people's energy is pretty straightforward. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I, no, I, I would have loved to have caught up with him, but uh, we kind of fell under one of the kind of snafus at the convention, and I'll, and I'll get there in a minute. Um, who else did I run into? Special Mission Force. Uh, still still low-key MVP for me. Um, solid dude. Uh, found so many different conversational circles along the way. Just a great ambassador. Uh, we did a kind of a judged photos together. Um, first night. As it's getting a little later, I see this guy on my six, good-looking cat, glasses, uh, blue uh, cobra shirt, red emblem. I kind of turned around, and I was like, oh, hey, what's up? Um, 
And then I see him again a little bit later and he's like, he's like, are you Cujo? And I'm like, I think so. And he's like, oh, I'm Don. I'm one of the original 13 on the black book. And I'm like, oh, my God. So that was like my first <laughs> twist of the knife. I'm like, dude, I did not get it done. And I felt I felt horrible. And then uh, it just so happened me and my lady had to kind of uh, go somewhere real quick. And she's like, it kind of felt like you dusted that guy off. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. That's not. Anyway, I spent the rest of the convention looking for Don. Did not find him. But we have chatted in the interim. Uh, cheers, brother. But uh, let's see. If Joe Knight was just that night, it would have been a beauty. Uh, we were at the backup hotel. So one thing about Augusta is it's like carved out of lush foliage. Remember that trip, that cross-country trip we did uh, on the way to D.C.? Unforgettable, mm -hmm. dude. I'll never forget that. Yeah, much, much the same. And by the way, most of the rest stops were closed for some reason. Thanks a lot, Georgia. Um Let's see. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. First thing, Saturday morning, con floor's a buzz. As an interviewer or as somebody who works a floor, you, you're always aware of the bottlenecks, especially when you're a big person. Like right up front, there's there's like three or four bottlenecks. I'm like, okay, so if I have a bad conversation, I got to be able to kind of like ease out without, you know, torching the energy in the room, that kind of thing. So... It was tricky. There was a lot of tight rooms. Um, but the first thing, I'm like, you know what? I'll talk to Sergeant Slaughter. I was tired. I wasn't on my game yet. The caffeine hadn't hit. I walk up, and I'm like, hey, uh, Sergeant Slaughter, I would love, is, is it possible that I could get ask three questions for a G.I. Joe podcast? And he goes, no, I can't talk to anybody who's not WWE. I heard that. I was already gone. Like, for some reason, my body started to walk away. I don't know why. He was still talking. So that that's my impression on the Sarge, apparently. Um, but he was awesome. He uh, All convention, he was just uh, snapping pics, total personality. It was awesome. Um, so I had to walk past him a bunch. Um, let's see. Wait, like, where it's, you didn't think that maybe he was just, like, missing with you? No, he's he, he was totally affable. Totally like just no, no, uh, no posturing, you know, no celebrity. He's just, uh, he's just the dude that's been killing it for decades, you know? So no, he's appreciated. He was awesome. Um, here's where it gets a little tricky and I hope I handle this the right way. Um, before I do my first interview, I'm, I'm, I'm talking, I'm walking up to Bobby Valla and, uh, Stephanie's with me and she's gonna, you know, if I'm going to do an interview, she's probably gonna give me a little bit of space. Uh, so she steps away, and I'm kind of like turning on the mic, and uh, I hear somebody go, you shouldn't walk away from your boyfriend. And I was like, huh, where the, where's that going? So I, I kind of like my ear turns back for a second, and the voice goes, uh, you got some of the nicest legs in here, but it's still early. And I, so I'm kind of like, whoa. No, I know. And so I'm like, wow. Jesus, that guy's lucky it wasn't me. Fuck. Carry on. Well, okay, here's here's where it gets tricky. The dude's at a bottleneck, and he's a guest. So, like, for a second I see red, and then I go, how does this play out? And I go, okay, be cool. So I'm like, I, I make eye contact with my lady, but I'm kind of like, do the interview, and then see what's going on. By the way, she was not traumatized. She's been hit on before. Uh, she was not shook. But anyway, uh, the, the talk with <laughs> Bobby, when you hear this, you know my energy was a little contentious up front. I'm sorry about that, brother. But that was a hell of a chat. 
and you killed it. And you, you know, your you, you know, uh, action force is coming. Um, let's see. So anyway, that dude is not a villain. He just, uh, he, you know, he, he, he's not GI Joe talent. He's nobody in our circles. He was just proximity. Um, let's see. Uh, the only thing I would say is that two things, two things. If you're looking at somebody's legs, you missed her sexiest features. Her giant heart, who had us scheduled to uh, host Overflow Shelter Dogs over the 4th of July. And her beautiful mind that uh, kept a newsroom afloat and has kept uh, news locally sourced in our city where a lot of other networks crashed. Anyway, no hard feelings. Uh, it does put a dark cloud over you on the con floor a little bit. And beyond that... Uh, if somebody else experienced that on the con floor, you don't gotta take that shit. Kinda reminds me of a phrase that we had going around while I was working in California. In South Lake Tahoe, you don't lose your girlfriend. You just lose your turn. <clears throat> clearly it's still clearly it's still a pretty dog eat dog world stateside, eh, Cooch? Well, I mean I would say this about a con floor. If you're looking to be family friendly, if you're looking for people to really let loose and have a good time, I wouldn't go there. I mean, if you want to hit on somebody's girl in the bar, I understand people run game. It makes you a snake. I don't appreciate that. I'm definitely mm -hmm. not going to fight. I'm not, you know, I'm not that much of a hothead. But it did put a dark cloud. Moving right along. Um, <laughs> this, this is what I'll say about Bobby Vala. Should you support Bobby Vala? Yes. Here's why. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, basically, fuck you to Toys R Us, who left your suppliers and your shareholders high and dry. And tanked your brand so you could pay out your uh, fat cats. And honestly, fuck Hasbro for basically, you know, giving their brand to interlopers down the stretch. Have you seen the new G.I. Joe logo? They took the red and the blue off there. Is Are patriotic colors not in fashion? Busted, you know? And honestly, uh, if, if, <laughs> if parents and stuff are like, oh, you're buying your kids a... Uh, toys with machine guns with underslung RPGs, that's nice. And you say, no, I bought them because fuck you. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure those parents will want those <laughs> toys too. Fire people. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm done with that. That's, that's a playful way of saying, yes, support community. He did not ask for those words. Those were not his words. That's just, that's, that's great. No words. worries. Um, yeah. I'm done with that, by the way. Uh, back to regularly scheduling program. Good vibes now from here on out. I crossed paths with uh, the artist Kickley. Kick Lee, yeah? He actually set me straight for the rest of the day. Like, his cadence is from someone who has experienced a lot of life up front. I can appreciate that. Um, thank you, Kickley, for the good vibes. It, it, this is the way I feel about his artwork. If IDW came to me and he said, you know what? You've been roasting our ass for two years. Put your hands to the fire. What do you got? We'll give you a one shot. I'd say give it to Kickley because it's just the kind of Joe art that you want to look at. Um, enough said. Look him up. Uh, no BS. Let's see. Keone Young. Um, I had just talked to a couple of uh, Sunbow voice actors previous. I talked to Firefly, Greg Berger, as well as Destro, which I know you guys heard that interview um, about that. Uh, it was an honor to talk to him. Uh, no minced words. He was not mad at me. He, he was mad at life, and I can relate. So nothing but respect for Burkhart, and that interview was exactly what it should have been. So um, let's see. 
Oh, here's here's something interesting. I crossed paths with Diagnostic 80, who, uh, <laughs> by the way, is kind of a force of nature. Like, love him or hate him. He, he, you walk into a room, you're going to end up talking to him at some point. So he and his lady, uh, Kate. Cloud. What's that? Yes. Yes. Chris I'm McLeod. trying to figure out who is Chris McLeod. Like maybe other people that have small sentry robots like, are maybe jealous of him. But I don't think they hate him. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm yeah, perhaps a... everybody else who's ever attempted or thought about cosplaying Lightfoot secretly despises Chris for absolutely <laughs> knocking it out of the park. Holy shit. It was pretty amazing. Uh, it, was a, it was an impressive cosplay. And then I saw the robot. Oh. <laughs> right? Yeah. He, uh, Incredible. Sorry. He's a, he's a great person to have on the floor. It's a, But anyway... Uh, I met, I had the pleasure of meeting his wife, uh, Kate. Um, nice to meet you. Uh, one thing that kind of not jumped out at me, it's kind of like Freakonomics a little bit, but like, uh, Erica, who is Top Shelf's wife, as well as Kate, who is, uh, Chris McLeod's wife, they're both their social media is loud. Um, as well as my lady, Stephanie Rivera. And I, I, I might mention that, that Steve's wife, uh, Kim is a doctor. I think, I just think it's interesting that, a lot of Joe's social media end up with strong women. I think that's pretty dope. Anyway, enough of that. Yeah, we're used to a chain of command. We're G.I. Joe fans. <laughs> <laughs> we follow the orders of the general. <laughs> Nicely played. Yep. Um, no, uh, I, I ran into Dragon Fortress. Uh, you, you know him from the, uh, the pics, the neon, uh, ne- hashtag neon gate. <laughs> I ran into him and my energy was all over the place. He rolls up and he knows exactly what I'm talking about. You were nervous, brother. Um, I could not acknowledge that stuff or else it would have gotten weirder. So you killed it. That was an awesome interview. Um, it's a pleasure meeting him and I'll go to war with, uh, Dragon Fortress any day. His game is tight. Yeah, uh, man. let's see. I love Dustin's articles. He's terrific. Hmm. Are we still keeping up the, 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 the veil, <laughs> the social media handle veil? Um, I did talk to Chad Bowers, uh, whom is uh, like a G.I. Joe essay writer at, at currently. Um, he did the backups on uh, F- uh, Michelle Fife's Sierra Morte. I think I'll do a review, a Twitter review on that comic. I'll bump it on the G.I. Joe timeline. Um, it's a pleasure to chat to him or chat with him. Sharp guy. Oh, <laughs> this is funny. Uh, Vipers Pit podcast. What's up, guys? Um I was torched. I was, I had nothing. I was sitting on a love seat in the lobby by myself. No BS. And, uh, Viper's Pit rolls up and they're like, uh, they're like, Oh, are you Cujo? I'm like, yes, I think so. Um, and, and we all squeezed onto a love seat. It was like a moment in time. And we talked about podcast drama and all that and, and growing pains and whatnot. Um, I love your guys' podcast. You're actually in the black book as network. So, uh, keep it, keep it going. Uh, and let's see, do I have any more guests? No, I think that brings us to my first file card, actually. Oh, yeah. You guys got anything else on your mind? You want to break my, uh, break my cadence a little bit? Well, apart from excellent cosplays, I'd say one of the coolest things that I noticed coming out of Joe Fest was someone got a triple T box signed by Ron Rudat, uh, Robert Remus, aka Sergeant Slaughter, Larry Harmer, and Kirk Bozigian. The Triple T box, for those of you who don't have it in your mind's eye right now, 
obviously features the Sarge, but riding shotgun, we've got Leatherneck, which, as you know, Ron Rudat's likeness. I thought the coolest thing you could ever produce as perhaps a G.I. Joe fan with an artistic inclination was to somehow comp the law and tunnel rat card arts onto that box somehow. To produce, you know, to reproduce the artwork, but with all those guys on it. Cause then you'd have Larry, Kirk, Ron, and Sarge all on one packaging art. And if you get that signed, oh my goodness. Too cool. Kickly, if you're listening to this, make it happen, buddy. You could make those little cards and hand them out and people could get them signed. Very cool. Uh. Cooch, did you get to step up to Larry Homer at all? Just curious. Or did he give you that look? And then you were like, nope, I'll talk to him some other day. <laughs> no, I, well, oddly enough, that's a, it's an interesting gateway question. When I first got there, like I said, there were bottlenecks on the floor. So you'd pass Joe Media and HCC. The first thing he says to me, he's like, dude, people are looking for you. I'm like, me? I'm like, well, who? I didn't have another solitary conversation with that cat the rest of the thing. And hardly anybody talked to me. So I'm in a room going, who's looking at me? <laughs> it was so bizarre. But uh, no, I think I think I think what I would uh, I, I wanted to talk to Rude at, um, but it was also his wedding weekend. And every time I saw him, people were sweating him. So I just kind of let that be. I did see Larry. We did kind of ex- exchange, but he's seen so many people and stuff. I, I don't think he knows me. So no, I just kind of soaked up. The atmosphere. Larry was, or uh, Larry Hama was sitting next to uh, Chad Bowers, so we were in proximity. And oh, I, I should mention that uh, Adam Riches, he had a hell of a journey to uh, Joe Fest. But when we chatted, he he was in good spirits and stuff like that. So cheers to him. Let's see what. Uh, yeah, let's. I'll get this out of the way. This is the second part. Like, if there was like, you remember that movie Garden State? Somebody goes on a trip and everything just happens to be super surreal, that kind of stuff. Yeah, the the film that inspired the whole pixie girl crush petition that exists. Yes, that movie. Sure, sure. Basically, this is what it felt like. But one of one of the tricky things about uh Joe Fest in its second year, and mind you, there's growing pains, and and we've probably I'll touch on all of them, not because I want to light people up or because drama is interesting, but because it just it feels like there's relevance to it. It's hard to meet up with anybody because there wasn't anywhere to eat nearby. So with people's schedules and this and that, like people would be like, oh, we're headed here. Worked our way back to the lobby. Uh, We were actually in the convention hotel for the second night. And I was like, if this plays out perfect, we can decompress in the lobby and have like a kind of a Joe social media powwow. I did run into uh, D80. He was still doing the cosplay stuff and uh, plastic battles with snapping some pics. You've probably seen him. But I will say that probably because of my energy or what I what I had experienced over the weekend, I did walk up to a couple conversation circles and they just kind of walked away. So it did feel a little it did feel a little lonely. That's my prerogative, not anybody else's. Um, but it did. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Cooge. Oh, we'll we'll try well, better next time to to, to join you and <laughs> not leave no, you stag. No, no, it's not like that. I know. I look. I I would be happy to come back. But no, it'll wrap up. It has a happy ending, guys. It has a happy ending. Not this part. Not this part. 
This is the only other thing that I can knock. A bunch of people got really kind of wasted and got kind of belligerent in the lobby, and I believe got arrested. So that's not really a good con wind down. Um, enough said. Uh, the next morning, I had kind of a rear a rear window scenario. I could see like the 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 entryway from where my room was. So I, I just kind of was like, you know what? I'll watch the goodbyes. What could be more? I real that. You know, I'm gonna turn into a voyeur in the final moments. <laughs> so uh, there's no there's no Joe Fest without a D80 story. So I'm gonna wrap on that. Um, I don't know who he was hugging, but I was like brushing my teeth. We were packing our stuff up, and somebody comes out, says goodbye to him. Big big white dude. Um, and they start hugging, and it goes into that bro pat. And then uh, D80 starts patting the guy in the ass, you know, not copying a feel, but just kind of like that hilarity, you know. Just being like, his oh. funny self, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I don't need to see that. So I went, I went back to the sink to to wash my mouth out uh, from brushing teeth. I go back to the window, and the patting is still going on. So uh, D80 <laughs> uh, in rare form as always. Cheers, brother. Um, yeah. After that, we headed and uh, we actually stopped at the. Uh, the MLK birthplace monument. Uh, it was I didn't need a palate cleanse or anything like that, but it was something that my lady saw. It was, it was important to her, and and quite frankly, if it's important to her, um, no, I uh, I enjoyed it. I did learn stuff, and I, I'll wrap with this. This is my last Joe Fest uh, thing. Um, I think one of my favorite conversations, and one that has made me a retro blasting fan now. You got me, brother, with this singular conversation. Uh, one of the King quotes, MLK, when we were at the museum, he said, you know what? You're significant. You matter. Don't let anybody put you in a box. Jumping back to Joe Fest, you want to know who G.I. Joe is? I'm talking to uh, Top Shelf and Retro Blasting. And Retro Blasting is good at what he does. Everybody knows. Um, yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. Uh uh, okay, it gets brother. weird when you use their handles when the channel's actually more than one person. Oh, well, correct did me. They, did I, they call you G.I. Joburg? <laughs> no, I, I looked at him and I, I, I knew the face, but I didn't know where from. And I'm like, I'm like, you're, you're social media. And he's like, yeah, I'm retro busting. I'm like, oh. And then uh, right, uh, right away, I kind of did, I said the most classless thing I could, um, obviously. <laughs> Anyways, then, uh, hi, Mike. Yeah. Hey, Melinda. No, 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 no. There's a, there's a hero ending to this. So I did. I introduced Top Shelf Rick and I'm like, Hey, you want good network? Meet, meet, meet Top Shelf. And, uh, he's like, and, uh, Michael goes, Well, what do you do? And, uh, and I hope I'm not lighting you up, Top Shelf. Top Shelf goes, Uh, oh, I'm just, uh, and Mike goes, Stop. Don't ever sell yourself short. <laughs> and that was on the fucking convoy. Um, but no, it hit me as as much as anybody that I think heard it, which 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 was just the three of us. But that's I think that's who GI Joe is now. Like, it's Bobby Valla, you know, turning up with Action Force. It's uh, Christ on a bicycle, uh, <laughs> oh, that guy with Thunder Punch. No. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's uh, Christ it's, on a bicycle. It's <laughs> no, I can't. I still can't remember the guy's name. Probably because no. Anyway, um, no, but uh. It's, I think GI Joe. It's it's us now. It's us. Support support the GI Joe team, um, and uh, just enjoy the ride. But yeah, that's uh, it was a layered tale. Did I leave any details out, guys? You didn't buy anything, did you? 
No, I did. Um, I bought uh, I bought uh, Chad Bauer and Michael Fife's uh, Sierra Morte number one, and it's, okay. it's a good it's a good look. It's a good look. Um, like I said, I'll chat that up on Twitter. What else did I get? Um, I wanted to actually pick up some uh, some kind of like customs, but yeah, I was bouncing did around you also floor. take a look at that uh, chromed Conquest X30? I did see that. Oh, pretty. I think, honestly, my figure of the uh, convention, and everybody will know it as soon as I say it, that neon green Cobra Frogman from the display table, it wasn't for sale, it was a custom. They had kind of like a Cobra Aqua team that was all, uh, I don't know, I don't know what those colors were, but uh, it didn't offend me. It should have, but it didn't. And I think that that's probably Cobra Frogman. It's a good look. Cooch, did you happen to encounter the Filecast podcast brothers? You know what? I did see them, and I did want to chat with them, um, but I did not. They were busy. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of their audio or their video. Um, well, Caesar Moo yeah. put me on to the fact that one of their sons uh, actually has an Instagram account and does cool little dio setups, and he's got a follower follower in me. It's called Slaughter's Free Time. <laughs> yes, I think yeah. I follow him as well. It's um, great. It's really account. good. Each of them have a caption. They get quite whimsical, but like, it doesn't ever cease to astonish me that without any kind of media tie-in, this stuff still hits the next generation down. They see what daddy's doing, and they're like, I want in. Toys, games... The stuff of my generation doesn't rock as hard as this stuff. This stuff from a bygone era. So it's, it's wonderful to see. Um, yeah. Just my luck. If I ever have a child, they'll probably be into sports or video games. Ugh. Sports. <laughs> Dad'll be the weirdo with his little figurines and they'll be like, oh, Dad, it's embarrassing. We want to bring our friends over and you're playing again. No, he'll be like into sports and cars. <laughs> so watch, yeah. like he's gonna he's gonna try and get you to buy him a car as soon as possible that he can work on, and then like have running perfectly by the time he's like 16, 17, you know. And Where he's gonna going be like the, like soccer team or something. You know? Ugh, gross sports. <laughs> well, I feel like if I missed anything, I would just say that uh. I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what the next Joe Fest is. I think the major stops for me next year are probably FanCon in South Africa, if we can pull that trick off. But I I would love to come back to Georgia. I would love for somebody to show me the the real Augusta. I feel like I missed some of it. Um, but thank you, Ed, uh, for your inspiration to get to Georgia uh, as well as get my comic uh, nearly done. Uh, I'll make sure you get a copy. And uh, no, I I, uh, I I see I see growing pains, but I see something. I I, I like the GI Joe come up. I do. Um, I don't have to get along with everybody, but uh, I'm definitely I'm here to promote. I'm here to at least help the people that might enjoy your stuff find their eyes. As long as I'm uh, promoting, that's my that's my goal. Well, speaking of promoting, is it time we finally delved into Action Force? Action, boom. 
I'm still coming down from the realization that the mystery Kickstarter figure is none other than the Steel Brigade. Somehow, Bobby managed to swindle that he has legally obtained the right to that name. Hasbro don't want it, so he grabbed it, phoned up his attorney, and reserved, I suppose, the trademark on the name Steel Brigade. So he is producing an official, you know, legal Steel Brigade figure at the uh, 1 to 12 scale. And it looks incredible. (laughs) Shit, it looks good. It's damn six like... Not only that, but just like back in the day, you'll be able to personalize its file card. (laughs) With all the sort of, you know, you get to fill out the fields like we wished we could have. I mean, I remember being so super lame in like 1992 trying to, you know, send away for the Steel Brigade. And it was like a 1987 comic book. What was I thinking? I was like, is this offer still valid? Uh... Offer ends, you know, January 1988. Like, anyways, I, I was hopeless, but I, I was hopelessly trying to get a personalized G.I. Joe with my own code name and everything. But uh, this is your chance, I guess. If you missed it first time around, this is it. And as far as updates go, this is a beautiful head sculpt. Like, it somehow takes elements of the Steel Brigade and improves them. It's good. It's very good. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to say as well. He's really um, sort of evolved uh, the Steel Brigaders. Like, he's taken them a step further. Like, I, I know with the modern era figures, I've always felt that they did a really cool job there with them. But I think they also had to do so, the best they could with what they had. And this shows you what happens if you actually give the creators free reign, you know, complete free reign and, and let them do what they what they do best. And they actually evolved it. It's it's really cool. And he's even um, evolved the logo, which I like. You know, it, he's made it more sort of by today's standards. It's, it's really cool. Oh, yeah. And just like back in the day when you got a, a sort of a, a, a one-of-a-kind Steel Brigade sew-on patch, uh, he's going to include a sew-on patch with his, uh, his nouveau Steel Brigade uh, design along with the figure. And... Something else that I gleaned from uh, from actually Full Force's uh, coverage of this uh, news was the fact that you know Bobby he started an, an initiative to catalog all the original Steel Brigade figures, like who they went to, what their code names were, their specialties, trying to compile a database of all those original releases or 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 you know unique characters that people created. <laughs> um, and so he's going to do the same thing with these Steel Brigaders. Essentially, you're buying yourself into G.I. Joe history, or Action Force history, if you want to call it that, you know, because your your name will be recorded forever as that character. That's a wonderful prospect, I must say. You know, how much damage is it to the wallet? Like, how much does it cost? If we want to go and get a Steel Brigade figure from Bobby, how much is it going to cost us in dollars? Well, it's Kickstarter exclusive, so you gotta mm, you gotta buy into that tier. In mm. order to get the exclusive, I hope I'm reading this right. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to get Bobby on uh, before too long to uh, <laughs> to, to lay this all out for us. But um, the exclusive figure 
uh, comes at a pledge of $72 or more. Okay. So that's actually not bad. Okay. That is, that is what the figure subscription service basically charges you per figure almost. If you try to buy them on the secondary market. If you try to buy an FSS figure on the secondary market, like say eBay or whatever, guys are going to hit you upwards from $50. Okay. Right. Um, more often than not, those fig- figures are Frank and Joe's, let's be honest, with some very cool Adam Rich's art, if you're lucky. Okay, so that's cool. So, like, for $20 more than that, you can actually secure, no, not $20, $25 more, you can secure yourself your very own Steel Brigade figure from action, from Bobby Action Force Vala, and you can be part of, like, essentially toy history. For $75, that's like nothing. Like even that's like even doable. Seventy-two dollars. Hey, seventy-two dollars. You can spend those three bucks on a beer. Oh, incidentally, beer is cheaper than water in China. Hilariously, you can buy local brands for like uh, a dollar. (laughs) Qingdao. Yeah, exactly. I happen to like Qingdao. Anyway, like that's incredible. Like, like super incredible. I, I actually think. Like, I mean, I have to go and buy a, a, a travel bag, but I think my travel bag can wait another month. I think I'm going to drop $72 into Bobby Vella's Kickstarter as soon as I get paid. <laughs> because, yeah, man. Hasbro ain't yeah. putting butterfly joints in their Steel Brigaders. These are going to be the coolest and most articulated modern military action figures. A little bit of controversy from that interview. One question that I had hanging... I did ask him what his original Steel Brigade's loadout was. He said he didn't recall his Steel Brigader's name. For something that has echoed so far into his personality, is that possible? Hmm. Maybe it's classified. Maybe he wasn't wanting to divulge. Hmm, <laughs> nicely. Oh, dude, I mean, Navy SEALs are not going to tell you the Navy SEALs, bro. And if they do, they're lying. <laughs> I like that. No, so, uh-huh, I think I think my my original uh, one's name was Wolverine uh, because of University of Michigan, not the uh, comic book character, oddly enough. Dude, don't even. Mine was Thundershark, bro. And I thought, cool. You win. Fucking ninja, a devilish expert. It was amazing. Actually, mm-hmm. you're, you're gonna get creeped out. If I'm on my game, I'll drop the interviews right after we drop this podcast. So it'll be a good chaser. Sweet. Oh, FYI, if anyone wanted to know, uh, Chris McLeod is, uh, <laughs> a diagnostic Andy. His, uh, Steel Brigade figure was not diagnostic. It was actually Fire Links. <laughs> wow. Fire Links. Mm-hmm. Like Sausage Links? Like the little cat. Little wild cat. Oh, Lynx. gotcha. Like nice. the Atari Links. That's fucking dope, actually. Oh, no, no, sorry. Yeah, yes, it is spelled that way. Yes. Man, the swarm troopers are also pretty badass. Good show, boys. Good show. Yeah. This is Steve saying, yo, Joe. Yo, Joe. This is Paul saying, Berg. This is Kujo saying, leggings. <laughs> oh, I meant to mention, guys... In closing, if you are listening to this and it's still July, Cobra Convergence is in full swing. HCC 788 has assembled enough G.I. Joe dedicated content creators to fill up every single calendar day 
in July. There is new G.I. Joe content every single day this month. It's the biggest one yet and features an incredible list uh, of, of contributors, <laughs> yours truly. But, you know, it doesn't stop there. You know, we got Retro Blasting, Special Missions Force, we've got Full Force, uh, I'm, 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 I'm gonna run out of gas eventually, uh, Plastic Battles, uh, Joe on Joe Podcast, everybody's in it. New to Vero 2, Fun School Roni, I mean, it, it's a completely exhaustive list. Literally, 31 content creators at least. And I say at least because HCC has opened it up to a further and that is Joe Public. Anyone can be included in Cobra Convergence 4. Uh, they just have to write in to HCC. Details are on his on his socials. You'll find it on his, uh, his Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. It's all there. And he will in- gladly include any kind of submissions in his own videos. And he'll naturally be doing one a week, if not more. Plus live streams. Guys, it's going to be a month of Cobra. We are literally turning July Cobra Blue. I'm actually going to chip in and do my own personal Twitter review of the, uh, is it not Michael Bell, who's uh, the guy that, uh, the, the fan comic Cobra the Enemy, written by Rising Sun Comics, or published by <laughs> Rising Sun Comics. I'm going I'm to do so a review good. of that series, or at least the first couple comics. So take that journey with me. I'll, I'll put that on social media. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Without further ado, crashing through the sky comes the fearful cry. Goldberg. <laughs> Cute. Cute. All right. Good night, everybody, or good morning, Lordy. It is 5 a.m. in PRC. I'm gonna get some rest. Night, night. Night, night. <laughs> <laughs>